This episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, where adventure begins. Check out their website at gamersinlehigh.com. <laughs> greetings, greetings. I'm so pleased to see you. <laughs> How are you? Okay? Wonderful. Small talk has been concluded. Let's get to business. Do you seek teleportation, enhanced self-propulsion, or transdimensional travel? Please note that any spell which requires my presence to the destination excludes my participation in combat, negotiations, and or interspecies hybridization. Round trips cost double. Please write your true names here, here, and here. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time (laughs) for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. That's right, it's Dungeon Growlers Radio, where some of us are here, some of us are there, and a few of us have lost our marbles. Lost our marbles. I don't care. I, I think we, Jared's we've there. Lost marbles. Uh, we've lost our marbles. Wait, is Jared and Jessica already on? That's yes. awesome. I miss you guys. <laughs> With the touch of a we button, work. they're there. The power technology of technology. is amazing. Yes. So, unfortunately, since uh, Jared and Jessica are in another dimension... Not uh, this galaxy. And a galaxy far, far away. They uh we there literally... a, yeah, there's a little bit of a delay between what we hear and what they say. Oh. That should be interesting hello, for you. Hello, hello, hello. Yes. Hello. So for those of you joining us tonight, uh tonight's an awesome show. Uh because that's right, we're talking about Star Wars. Star Wars. So if you don't want to talk hear about Star Wars, then I'm sorry. You're in the wrong galaxy. Um, but we're not going to talk about spoilers because, well, we don't know any more than you know. Lucas Kylo Ren. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're, we're putting this out there. He thinks it's Lucas Kylo Ren. No, I don't. But the I chance just... of that happening, as I said off air, is you're more likely to see old Leia in the slave Leia outfit than you are Lucas Kylo Ren. And, and would we complain a little? A little. <laughs> Just a little. Well, now. Dan, I think the current response uh, is uh, chances of that happening are approximately 3,920 to 1. Well, that, so and now that. Tell me there's a totally chance. <laughs> I, I think it's more like 340 billion to 1. Yeah. That's a lot. What up? Come on in. Wait. This is the spot. <laughs> this is the place. Bring in your Star Trek uniform and lightsaber. Yeah, it was like he's in a Star Trek uniform with a lightsaber. I'm very like, happy what? and angry at the same time. Just what happens when we're not there. See, Traitor. You're just you're missing it. He yeah. wa- literally walked in in a Captain Kirk uniform and a lightsaber. Wow. And it looks like a Jedi robe. A Jedi, a Jedi yeah. mind meld, unlike anything we've ever seen. Mind blown. So welcome to the show. Sure, Caleb. Uh, just 
some tips. You got to talk right into the microphone. It's almost like you're eating ice cream. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the the Wait, delicious. did you give him my pink microphone? Uh, uh, nope. The girl has it because you know girls oh, like okay. pink, right? <laughs> yeah. The 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 Uber fan, which we will have introduce herself in a moment, uh, has the pink microphone. So we've. Felt it fitting to give Earl a microphone. Who was wearing a Star Wars shirt at least? Yes. Unlike her partner who was wearing a Star Trek. <laughs> Apparently, she votes for the Empire. Oh, uh, you all should, or yep. you will die. I do. So, <laughs> yeah. So for those okay. of you that were wondering what that weird little guy that was talking before the intro was, um, that is the Gnomish Teleportation Service. Uh, that it was brought to you from our wonderful friends at Battle Bards. Uh, we're going to be playing some of their other audio in the background, which they've graciously given us. Uh, if you don't know who BattleBards are, they they were on the show several months ago, so you can look up the show. Uh, again, download it on iTunes or go to our website or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you want to download it from. But uh, basically, it is a music system that they've developed that you can play that give your gaming a soundtrack. So there is literally sound effects for everything. Um, you want to hear music going on because they're in the glade of elves? You got that. If you want, uh, you know, giants on the march uh, because you have giants attacking your your guys, it's going to sound a little bit like this. Maybe if it starts playing. Silence. It's, yes. It or, sounds like silence. No. <laughs> oh, there we go. Nice. Intense. I'm going to turn this up a little bit. <laughs> so you can hear the, the giant stomping, the war horn. Yeah. It's all intense. Cool. Um, yeah, I turned it off. But that yeah, they do terrible. a great job. It's pretty cool. Uh, they've got everything. Uh, if you have dark elves in your campaign, they literally have sound effects for that. You have some really creepy music going on for the temple scene, and you literally hear people getting sacrificed, tortured, and uh, murdered in in the background. It's awesome. All right, that is. Yeah. So if you've ever wanted to hear the sound of someone getting their skin flailed from them, uh, from their body, uh, yeah, take a listen to that. It sets the tone, that's for sure. And they're going to be starting a new Kickstarter uh, after the first of the year for uh, sci-fi background music and sound effects, which will be awesome. Unfortunately, Sweet. I didn't have it ready for the Star Wars talk tonight. That's uh, okay. We'll still use some of the stuff. Um, but with that said, as always, uh, you know, drop by Gamers Inn, located in Lehigh. They've got tons of great stuff going on. They've got uh, X-Wing competitions going on. They've got Magic the Gathering, as always. And Wednesday nights is uh, their D&D night. So if you're interested in learning D&D or, or just want to play D&D, uh, go check them out. And as well as on Thursday nights, they do have uh, tutorials on teaching you how to paint mini- miniatures, which is pretty cool. Ooh. So, yes. And there used to be a Star Wars role-playing game that went on there, but then I poached the players, and now they're on the radio show. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was a sweet <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah, now if we can just get Jared to show up, and then we can do a Firefly game. What's Jared? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But. All right. So, shall we move on? Yeah. Actually, we talk about what our the reason people our guest. Yes. So we'll start with you guys. Start here and go around. You guys can introduce yourselves Wonderful. and how you are important and amazing and awesome and 
have a BYU hat with Darth Vader on it. I do have a BYU hat with Darth Vader on it. You're all jealous. It is pretty sweet. It's fantastic. I'm not going to lie. I can feel the power of the Force flowing I'm not through I got, me. I got one, too. Oh, Binding yeah. me and penetrating me. What? Whoa, what? Um, <laughs> Um, so I'm Aaron Hastings. Uh, I'm a co-owner of LordOfTheLaserSword.com. Uh, I'm also uh, a, uh, an editor at the BYU Universe. Uh, I work in the SEO and news industries. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at underscore Aaron Hastings. And uh, I'm pretty amazing. goes without saying. So that's, that's pretty much it. And I met Aaron because of Solid Gaming Con. Yes, I was working with Solid Gaming Con, and it was awesome. Super fun. Uh, the tour was very interesting. <laughs> he, he, the comment, the commentary was awesome. It just, you know, you're trying to make something exciting when there wasn't a lot in yet. <laughs> there wasn't a lot in yet. It was we were we were setting up and it was all it was all very exciting. Yeah. But, but you know, all you need is an empty building and some uh, adrenaline, and yeah, it, it goes over out. really well. So. All right. Um, I'm Jessica Champneys. Um, I'm. Uh, amateur writer and filmmaker and I'm just a huge Star Wars geek which I think is why I'm here so and and may I add uh Jessica is also kind of a fixture in different kinds of fandom out there um Jessica ran one of the most popular uh, Twilight fan sites in the world oh, for a long time Oh thank goodness Whoa what would we do without that Hey, in the world still pretty impressive though. Uh, yeah, okay, you I I may have to comment here that your Credibility as a Star Wars fan has come down. Watch out. Watch out. Just the Uber fan will blow you away when it comes to Star Wars fans. All right. So the only thing I've seen Jessica more excited about than Twilight is Star Wars. Okay. Well, she's uh, gained a few points. There we go. She she will bury most of us in uh, in tomes of the extended universe, uh, expanded universe. uh, If we have any problems come up, she will fill in the blanks. Very nice. So I've already started blabbing. This is Tom Durham. I am a writer and filmmaker. And uh, for my day job, I creative direct at a uh, at a production studio, making commercials and producing live shows. And uh, and by night and by morning, I uh, I create other creative works. Uh, last year, my science fiction feature film was released worldwide. A movie called Ninety Fivers. And uh, you can just search for that, and you'll you'll find depending on what country you're in. I don't know if we have international reach yet, uh, Revan, but uh, but you'll be able to find 95ers if you like mind-bending sci-fi. That is for you. Um, you can check out my website tomdurham.com, where you'll see other movie projects, novels, uh, blog stuff, uh, all kinds of geekness. Um, you'll occasionally see me um, spouting all kinds of nonsense at different cons. And um, and I most recently preferred at, uh, performed at Salt Lake Comic Con in the uh, Choose Your Own Apocalypse uh, adventure um, as Galactus, where I uh, where myself and my minion sang the uh, Galactus version of the Frozen song. Nice. It, what is it called? Let, Let it, go. it go. Yeah. Um, did you win? I didn't win. Oh. Amazingly, I that got did. the biggest cheers, but I did not. I have win. I have won but that game before. I, I've won twice. I I won, won so much that we literally ran out of chairs. Oh really? When when I yeah when I was up um, and it was weird because okay I was against Bob Defendi which was vampires. Okay. Um, and I'm like okay and then dragons, and I was element I was the elementals. I'm like I'm screwed. 
<laughs> but I played it off so well, and then I had two minions come up, and they were dressed as bards, and they sang uh, the song from Skyrim. Okay. And it was uh, it was perfect. I mean, it was just I convinced everyone. I'm like, we're the elements. We run everything you need in life. You need a cell phone. Oh, we run electricity. Yeah, we you know, just uh, you want to play musical number. Yeah. We had everything, but no, uh, yeah. Sauron won one one into the end. So who who is doing I Sauron? Can't remember who played Sauron? Okay. I can't remember who played Sauron. Yeah, no. He, 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 is that microphone Sarah on? Bribed. Is it on? I don't know. I can't hear you. Yeah, it's on. Huh. For some reason, the pink microphone is now not working. Hold on. I'm not going to say that it, doesn't, that it doesn't like her or it misses me. Okay. But I mean, I'm just noticing I can hear her. <laughs> that's what she's saying. So, uh, <laughs> yes. See if we can swap... Let me grab that. Yeah, hold on. Anyway, so you can find Tom Durham's nonsense at Tom Durham, D-U-R-H-A-M dot com. Twitter is at Tom G. Durham. And uh, would love to uh, connect with any crazy people, indie filmmakers, writers, people who love steampunk, sci-fi, fantasy. Woo! Come on down. My new movie project is actually a um, a family fantasy comedy. Pixie oh. Hello. We can hear you much better. About okay. a, Yay! <laughs> nice. About a uh, tooth fairy who uh, lives in suburbia. So check out PixiePerfectMovie.com. We have a new, brand new teaser trailer up. So PixiePerfectMovie.com. Hmm. Yes, apparently Jessica's mic does not like anyone else touching it. So, <laughs> all right. So, all right. So we'll 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 start talking about Star Wars. So um, now. For those of you that don't know, because maybe you're tuning in for the first time, Jared and Jessica have done several Star, Star, Star Wars, Wars films. Films. Yeah, so uh, they, uh, they were just Star at Star Wars uh, Celebration, and they won uh, for Best Visual Effects wow. for a movie, uh, mm-hmm. fan film, and they did uh, Knights of the Old Republic, Broken Souls. Mm-hmm. So wow. If you haven't Woo! seen that, go check it out. Yes, Jared has the gold statue. Um, it's a stormtrooper with a is. golden camera. It is it awesome. Is. And Apparently, the or whatever I you guys call it. I apologize. Yeah, he will never get it close to Michael Brent Collins again um, <laughs> after Comic Con. I think we scarred him for life, but that's okay. We'll talk about Golden Baby. Anyway, yeah, that was an awesome experience. Uh, we decided to put together a fan film because we love Night of the Republic. So much. Yeah. If anyone who's played it can't help but love it so much. And I, I personally, I like the story better, and I hate to say this because it makes people mad, but better than the actual original screen uh, Star Wars. Has, has any of our guests um, played the Knights of the Republic series? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you guys are familiar with the story just a little <laughs> bit, and it's. It is absolutely incredible, and we wanted to find a way to, like, tread into the Star Wars universe without disrupting the canon or legends or anything that people were familiar with. So we decided to go with a storyline that shifted off into an alternate ending of the uh, the first Night Seal Republic game. We we star-trekked it. We star-trekked it. We star-trekked it, for sure. But, you know, it's so much much easier to write a good film or something that you enjoy when you don't have your hands tied and you don't have 5,000 nerds literally picking apart every decision that you make in your film. Yeah. And so it was really important. I love Revan. He's my absolute favorite. And um, 
Jared actually introduced me to Revan and the whole uh, older public. And um, I just keep wanting to make movies about Revan. I, I absolutely love him. His his character develop is amazing. His um, her, his struggles are amazing. And uh, I just thought it would be really cool. And I want to keep making them. I think he wants to take a break for a while, but that's all right. Yeah. You know, I think that segues really nicely into one of the bigger, like, news drops at Star Wars this week. Was the announcement? I mean, you're talking that, about Darth Revan, not yes. Daniel Swenson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jessica really does love Dan. Yeah. She quite a while. Daniel was just blushing here, and so I was well, like, no, "Wait a minute, who is she talking I, about?" I, I, I was yeah. kind of laughing. He's very well developed. Uh, you know, he's, I, he's a stud. So. I was kind of laughing I because I I secretly played the 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 battle bards music, and it was like sounding all triumphant as she was like doing her explanation and it was kind of, that's it. what I was we laughing he's got a big head right now memory. yeah <laughs> nope. yes Excuse though Dan we're going to make a trilogy the Daniel Swenson yeah. trilogy and we're yes. going to win a shitload yeah. of awards that sounds <laughs> terrible I'm just going to put Why my Revan right head? now hey. and, uh, I didn't even like Revan to begin with I wanted Nihilus to win I'm sorry Dude, Revan is awesome Nihilus sucks nope. literally he sucks so for nope. that don't Everything know the world. film was based on the dark side ending of the game in which Revan reclaims his mantle as Dark Lord of the Sith, and then later on, Nihilus does come to power, and there's like a huge power fight struggle between the two of them. And yes, Revan does win. So the Nihilus fans, you know, it, we've read comments that people are like, oh, Nihilus yeah. should have won in this and that. But for the most part... Screw Nihilus. No, don't screw Nihilus. <laughs> but I mean... Like, no, you just chop up his head. Good. Yeah, you had to chop... That's a lot, like one of, the, ...of Dark Nihilus. But we wrote it in a way where it would make sense. Nihilus was the only per- or was uh, uh, only being able to get taken down by the exile, so you know Revan had to go seek her out, bring her to the battle, yada yada yada. But all in all, it was a really fun film, and we have a lot of traffic through uh, YouTube and stuff like yeah. that. Won the award, and man, you know, everything. and it was so much fun to make. Our crew was it was a blast. Like it was just a group of friends, and it's so funny because we do a lot of auditions and we do films, and. Um, we decided we were just going to get our friends together. I mean, the whole reason it kind of started is he knew David, who had the Nihilus costume, and it was like... And fighting experience. Yeah, and fighting experience, and he's huge, and he's like the perfect Nihilus. And Jared had the Revan costume, and his friend um, Abraham Allred, (laughs) Abe Allred, um, he is an absolutely amazing at sword, sword wheeling, and so he's awesome uh with the lightsaber he had been in several of jared's films before as revan and it's just you know we don't hate i don't hate nihilus i mean he's a really cool character nihilus i think is one of the most underrated sith of all time especially given the way that he died in the actual game uh he seemed like he would be one of the cooler (laughs) boss you know he would be one of the cooler bosses to go up against in the second game and then you finally get there and he kind of dies like a bitch yeah and we killed him in a way better way (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, to segue all of that into relevant Star Wars news, I'm sure you guys read that Disney's announced that Star Wars will be getting a film every single year, pretty much until people stop buying. Till the end of time. Do you guys think the Earth comes to a halt? (laughs) Which could be Uh, so (laughs) zombie apocalypse. Do you think it's possible that Knights of the Old Republic, I don't know how many years down the line, is going to get its shot at a motion picture? because of them looking for relevant content that the Star Wars fans already know. Well, I, I, I would okay. say yes. But m- yeah. my concern 
is gonna... just that they're going to, you know, burn us uh, out. It's like throwing a a five year old in a candy store, locking the door and walking away. You know, at first you're gonna they're, that kid's gonna be yes candy, and then zip around and you get you, you they shove all the candy they can in their mouth until they get the stomach ache because they've had too much, and then. Star Wars won't be so amazing anymore because we have tons of Star Wars. I mean, I love Star Wars, but I'm already kind of getting, at least me, a little burned out because, you know, I walk into the store and it's like everywhere. You got makeup now. You got, they're even on Campbell's Soup. They're on my, I mean, it seems like it's everywhere now. Mac and cheese. Mm. Mac and cheese. Star Wars. I mean, it's it, like it, Star Wars is my obsession, it, so this it's is really, not a bad thing. It is really cool. <laughs> I've I mean, wanted this my whole life. Yeah, I was going to say, when I walked into the store, I was Star Wars. I mean, all of us have, but, you know, when you're bombarded, that's what's kind of been so cool about Star Wars is it hasn't been complete and total bombardment. We've gotten a little bit here, a little bit there, and we've always had that hunger for it. Now, what happens when it's all dumped on to us all you the time. You can definitely have too much of a good thing. I mean, when, when you look at, at The Hobbit, for example, I don't know how many people are going to yeah. throw stuff at me right now, but I do have a lightsaber next to me. Um, <laughs> oh, we'll battle soon enough. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, I think three movies was too many. Oh, yeah. The Hobbit, you know, and, yeah. Uh, and, and pretty soon I think you have a, a generation of people who have seen those movies who are going to be turned off of Tolkien. Because yeah. They're like, oh, my gosh, The Hobbit, that was so... Whatever your opinion of it was, I think it was too much. Well, and even Peter Jackson just recently uh, announced, uh, did a press release saying, I had no clue what I was doing with The Hobbit. Yeah. I mean, he re- literally well, I announced that. that. And so it's like, we, if he didn't have any clue, that I mean, that clearly shows in the film, but that just makes you wonder, like, okay, what now? Because, you know, that little cartoon by Ranskin Baskin yeah. was perfect. Rankin Baskin. Rankin Baskin. Yeah. And it was and only it was like beautiful. 80 something minutes. So yeah, it was, it was, it was perfect. Yeah. It, it, and it, it told the story. I mean, I mean, I think you could do one movie. When, when, when they said they were going to do two, you know, first was yeah. one, then was two. Yeah. I was like, that's going to be pretty cool. Two movies, then yeah. three. It's like, Hmm, I mean, I can and see they're all four hours long. Yeah. Well, the and, and, and now the extended edition of the Battle of Five Armies is rated R because it's essentially three hours of how many orcs can we blow up? Yeah, not just like chop their heads off, but we're literally going to make them explode their excrements out their heads. Yeah, and oh it's going goodness. to be epic. Oh yeah, yeah, it's that's super graphic. Yeah, they're not human, so I feel like it shouldn't be rated R for murdering them. But no, <laughs> I mean, have, like, have you seen Galadriel obliterate that orc? It's intense. Yeah, it, it doesn't care. And he like swallowed C four, but uh, I, you know, I kind of agree with that. That that we're facing, you know, a potential for Star Wars burnout. Yeah. But I'll say that I think Disney has taken a lot of steps to prevent this. Um, for example, they are projecting a movie every year, but only until this next trilogy is kind of done, which means we're probably looking at seven Star Wars films. Okay. Well, if that's the case, if we're looking towards that. And then we're going to have a, a break. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And, and I think that's the plan. And I also think... But if it's till the end of time, yeah, that's a problem. I, I will think, still be okay with it. That was my... As long as they don't no. skimp on quality. No. Accurate. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, is, is, you know, and a lot of people did not like this when it happened, but I remember, what was it, spring of 2014, they announced that Legends were no longer... That the canon. expanded universe, universe was no yeah, they canon. Were clarifying it was a bummer. And it was interesting because canon had always been tossed around of like, well, there was a Lucas books editor who said this, and then George came out and said this, and then someone said this. What is canon? What is not? Yeah. And so now we have some clarity. And I and again, I think it 
I think it really, to your, to your analogy of the candy shop, it takes the candy shop and it kind of closes it and says, okay, the candy's there, you can still go buy it, but the creators are not using that, yeah. right? And so it gives them a little bit of freedom, which I think is somewhat liberating, right? Well, we can all kind of yeah, step back and take a breath. Give or any of the canon, actually, you know, as much as it sucks, it's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, you know, J.J. did the same thing with Star Trek. You know, by going back in time and altering the timeline, he freed himself from, oh, well, according to episode this or that, that didn't happen. So, you know, that's a good thing, getting rid of the canon for for Star Wars, for them to I move forward. I disagree with, with Abrams' approach on, on Star Trek. I, I have a lot of Star Trek opinions on that, but um, yeah. I, I, I have to disagree on that. I, I think that, that, uh, that they made... Some very successful films mm-hmm. that were awesome in 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 many aspects. You know, I'm not thrilled with genius of the plots or anything like that. I thought I thought they were kind of weak that way. But but um, but you know, I'm I'm somewhat you know tapped into you know Star Trek fandom. You yeah. know, and and really the movies are you know don't have a special place in in people's hearts that I know of. I mean, they're cool and they have special place that I the public you know they like them and they made a lot of money yeah. but as far as the longevity of 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 those in the the in, movies compared in the to mythos, the TV in, in the Star Trek you know mythology I, no one's going to think about the movie okay. right? are you telling so, me you don't watch Star Trek Nemesis every weekend okay so okay now now <laughs> I don't bad movie ever bad movie but, but 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 again again there there's there's something special about about canon, something special about what what people feel is is what Star Trek really is. Yeah, you know, yeah, and kind so, of legitimacy. Yeah, there, there's legitimacy, and, and there's a certain fondness that has kind of this this repeat legendary status. You know, even stuff that is not great. And so there's plenty of Star Trek that is not great, yeah. but but there is a certain fondness because it's Star Trek. The movies, honestly, don't. I mean, for me, as as a as a as a insane Star Trek fan. Um, the movies are great because they got people to pay attention to Star Trek, but yeah. not because they added anything to Star Trek. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, I think I mean, the biggest thing to take away from this whole thing, like I keep – people keep asking me, what's your opinion of the prequels? What's your opinion of Rebels and Clone Wars and all this kind of stuff? You know, I'm one of those consumers that no matter what they push out, I'm going to be there first in line, ticket in hand, ready to go. But even course, if I was well. a huge yeah. diehard fan that's like, don't do anything because it's going to ruin this and that – the the original films will always be there, and they will always hold a special place in your heart. And so they could pump out three more movies to the quality of the prequels, which I happen to enjoy. And I would still say, I you know, I still have the original trilogy to look back. It has not ruined it one bit for me. No, and let me I'll, let me add this. Um, <laughs> okay, you you opened up a can of worms. <laughs> uh, All right, let's go. Pick it up. Let's fire these things up yeah, here, I can say. Wait, what was Jessica um, No, I was going to say, a couple of months ago, we were talking about when they were pushing out, we were naming all these new superhero movies that were coming out in the next year. And, um, I don't know, it was about maybe like three months ago we were talking about it. And um, me and Daniel were talking about, you know, kind of, are we going to see a burnout? Are people going to be burned out by superheroes? And, yes, you know what? A couple of months ago, I actually was getting to that point where I thought maybe oh, yeah. I was going to get but it was too much. But then 26 but, uh, superhero yeah. movies before 2018. I'm I'm already a little oh. burnt out. I I haven't seen Ant-Man yet. Yeah. I finally I did. I finally did. It's okay. But when you know, I watched Ant-Man, I was like, okay, I'm done. But then I watched 
Daredevil and The Flash, and I'm right back on board. Because even though people are pushing out a bunch of crap when it comes to superheroes, you've got things like Deadpool. You can't tell me. I don't care if 30 (laughs) superhero movies come out this year. You're still on the edge of your seat waiting for Deadpool. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I understand he's not really a superhero, but at the same time, you're still waiting. You're still wanting. You're going to always want Star Wars. You know, they may push out some crap. They might, you know. But in the crap, there's going to be these movies that come out that make you fall in love with Star Wars all over again. That's true, but my biggest fear... There are two parts in the prequels that you're like, that was pretty damn cool. I mean, yeah. you know, episode one, yeah, not the best movie, but it gave us Darth Maul, it gave us Potter, <laughs> it gave us some pretty cool battles. You know, I, I for one, like, again, I am a consumer. I will consume anything that, that comes out for Star Wars. And, yes, I know for a fact I'm going to be disappointed with a couple of the movies. I don't really care. <laughs> okay, so I, I just want- I'm going to pose a question to you then, Jared. So what happens if we get a two-hour-long Christmas special? For Star Wars? Star Wars movie of all time. <laughs> yes. A two hour long, almost copy, but extended edition of the Christmas special. It is Star Wars? That is Star Wars. Well, that's still better than with, Star Trek. With, so. <laughs> with Jar Jar and his little Jar Jars. And buy my ticket months in advance. I will see it once. If I think it's crap, I'm not going to watch it again. I will still buy it on Blu ray. For those drunken, lonely nights that I want to watch the holiday special again, and I'll appreciate it for what it is. But I mean, I don't have any hate for the holiday special. I just don't watch it. I've seen it. I thought I like the Boba Fett. Go back to the original trilogy. I like the uh, the Ewok adventure. I really like that. Oh, Ewok adventure wasn't terrible. Was it? No, it wasn't that bad. Cinda was okay. Wilford Brimley, we could have done without being in the Star Wars universe. But hey. As long as he's got his diabetes in check, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> and he can fight up the lizard men. That Jessica's never seen a holiday special. I have not. So that is going to happen. Hey, oh it's on YouTube. Happen? It's free. You can go look up it on YouTube. It's That's free. Crazy. I know. I've only seen the first five minutes, but I ran out of time and I couldn't finish. It's on my list, though. This Christmas, man, holiday special. All I can say, I'm going to say this right now. It is life-changing. Yeah. <laughs> One way or another, it's your life. Yes. Well, and I will say this. From from an official perspective, George Lucas, to my knowledge, has never gone out in public saying Jar Jar was a mistake. He has gone out into public saying the holiday special was a mistake. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that, you have that to a little kind of chew on. And, you know, and, and Jar Jar, Michael Jackson wanted to play him. So Yeah. Oh, that would have been really? marvelous. Yeah. You guys are not making me want to watch this at all. Yeah, no. Let's talk about the prequels. Why the, we're the at greatest it. trilogy oh, ever? Okay. <laughs> okay. Says the man the with the Pokemon hat. Okay, yeah. okay, so so I had a recent epiphany about the prequels. Okay, okay, so it, 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 just bear with me for just sure a few seconds here. So I'm 39. I don't know if I'm the oldest here. So um, barely. I saw, I saw, Not by much, but barely. I saw Return <laughs> of the Jedi in the theater. Okay, so did I. Um, yeah. Did you really? Awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, um, and Empire. The only one I didn't Empire. see in Whoa. the only one I did, haven't wow. seen in the theater actually is A New Hope because, well, I was born four months later. So. Right. I'm kind of disappointed. Okay. Yeah, sorry. In well, the womb, you should have, there, something should have been done. I know. I, I know. I know. Oh, well. So I have a deep, deep love for the 
original series. Right? Yes. And um, I grew up with it, dressed up for Luke Skywalker oh, yeah. you know, every Halloween, you name it, right? Tried to figure out some way to make a lightsaber because you Absolutely. didn't have one. Absolutely. I, I, I practiced the Force. I think I actually moved something like yeah. a millimeter once yeah. with the Force. Normally it was a stick um, with painted at one end green or blue or red or blue. No, it was it was, it was was awesome. Yeah. All the toys, you name it, all that stuff. So when I, when I saw Phantom Menace, I was on a weird date, so I don't remember what what my feelings were about Phantom mm-hmm. I remember I liked the pod race. I remember my heart sank. I almost lost my popcorn when the word midichlorians was uttered. Yep. Um, <laughs> then, then I saw Attack of the Clones, affectionately referred to as Attack of the Clowns for me. I was, I was, you know, I got up in the theater and just yelled, this man has no business making movies after I saw Attack of the Clones. <laughs> um, on, uh, on, uh, on the last of the, uh, of the so prequels, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Um, I was just, I, I was loaded for bear when I went in. I was irritated the entire film at the end when Darth Vader did his his big no without just no. killing the Emperor. Just right out. I, my wife and I, it was. I'm sorry to say this to anyone who was, it was in the theater. We laughed because it, it, we were so upset and incensed by all that. And so since then, mm-hmm. I have been up until very recently. I have been angry about the prequels, and I didn't know why. I was very harsh on them. Every nitpicking thing, all those guys online who made the, the re-edits showing all of the plot holes, all this kind of stuff, and some of those were hilarious. Um, I watched and I applauded, you know, and I, I felt vindicated. And it, but there was this deep and abiding wrath for some reason, you know, and I, I'm a filmmaker. And so I, I do, you know, analyze things and I'm, I'm a little bit harsher critic than, than, you know, probably a lot of people just because that's, that's what I'm kind of trained for and everything. But, but, um, I was, I was really personally wrathful yeah. until I started carpooling with Jessica Chamneys, who was sitting here and we, uh, we, we, we work at the same studio and uh, and I remember, you know, talking to her, but this and this is so stupid and this happened and the suicide, they ran into the state, why would they, you know, and just one thing after another. And uh, and Jessica, who I really respect for her intelligence, and she's a writer and she she's, you know, has all these, I was thinking, and she kept defending it. And I was like, how could an intelligent person defend these films? <laughs> You need to be my that, mic for a second. Okay, because that's where she grew up. No, with. no, watch, watch my journey here. Watch my journey. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I, Jar Jar never bothered me. Actually, I, I, for some reason, I was never bothered by. I always felt like Jar Jar was but, the lesser of many problems. No, no. Okay, so, so exactly, and so, and so Jessica in these conversations convinced me to take another look at the prequels, and because I'm like, because I, I really respect her, you know, and I hope I've not been too. Too offensive to prequel lovers, but but I'm uh, crying over here. Actually. Anyway, <laughs> okay, so so if you go to my website, you'll see a series of blog posts. There's five blog posts on on my revisitation of the prequels. In fact, the fifth one was just released today, and I interview Jessica there. I interview um, Brian Young. I interview uh, Mark Fordham, who's the ultimate Darth Vader. You guys probably know Mark um, about their opinions about the prequels and and how it connects to the you know to the original trip. Blah blah blah. Anyway, and so. Finally, Jessica and the prequels were not allowed in my house. Not allowed within a hundred feet of my home. Okay, and I, I just live down the street from him, and I have all the prequels. I still don't own Phantom Menace. And again, I don't own Attack of the Clones. Just to just tell you again, 
Star Wars has is a huge part of my family's life. So yeah. when, when, I, when my kids turn seven, I rent a theater and show them A New Hope. And I, and in fact, to, to my to my twins' birth, seventh birthday party, I had the um, the five hundred first come down. Wow! And, uh, and it was, it was you know, the entire neighborhood was at their their because I wanted them to have a theatrical yeah you know experience e- experience is, with is that. Is it too late for you to so, adopt me? You kind of missed seven. turning seven in in April, and so so he's oh and he's gosh. actually torn between a Star Trek and Star Wars birthday. So. Oh, police! And, and by the way, it, by the way, it was <laughs> not that it was not a chain theater. It was it, it was a private theater. So so George Lucas hopefully not getting too offended by any copyright infringements there. But anyway, so so I finally watched. <laughs> The prequels again. Okay. Okay. With an open mind and an open heart, I sat down and watched all of them. Jessica lent me her. Di- they crossed the threshold of my house. I watched them widescreen glory, and um, and I appreciated more of them. But I still, at the end, and my kids feel the same way. They're watching with me. Still felt they were inferior films. Yeah. Yeah. Storytelling, you know. You name it. I mean, just, I, I, I won't go into it because I, I, I don't want to bash them. I and we could talk about you know specific things here because I have some questions that maybe you guys can answer for me, actually, that I would like to be illuminated. And so I still didn't have the answer as to why I was so angry. And finally, just like two days ago, I was driving to a shoot and I'm thinking, why am I so angry? Like, well, I, I'm, a, I'm usually kind of a nice guy. Why am I so angry? And so I said, well, I don't know what this feeling is. So what does it feel like? Like, what is, what is this similar to? And the only thing I come up with was, I feel like I've lost a best friend. And and what I realized was is that ever since I was I was a kid growing up teenagehood, Star Wars, and this is you know my my very silly sappy fandom. I mean Star Wars reflected what was in my heart, you know, love for space, politics, spirituality, you know, anything with a lightsaber in every yeah. kid's heart. You know, it's got um, it all. <laughs> and and it, romance, redemption, bad guys becoming good, yeah. you know, and it, all of those things, you know, the the the, the, the orphan in the desert becoming a, a a hero, and all those things is what I wanted as a kid. And all the Star Wars movies, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, even though Return of the Jedi wasn't, I think, as great as a film as the other two, they also reflected and made me feel comfortable. I could be a nerd, a crazy lightsaber wielding nerd, and everybody thought that was cool. Yeah. All my other nerd stuff, I was kind of picked on. I was a nerd for a lot of my life, you know, be, being picked. I'm still a nerd, a huger than ever, but but I was picked on, you know, and it was – but Star Wars was a comfort place. It was it was a best friend. It yeah. really was. And so when I saw the prequels and I felt like they trampled some of what was great, I was like, my friend is not my friend anymore. Yeah, so, they, they sort of defile they almost did. a little well, they, bit. They, but, they took but, the mystery away. But, but what I realized was is that my anger to the prequels – was not the prequels really fault. I mean, it's George Lucas' stuff. He can do whatever he wants to with it. Yeah. And so I had this incredible expectation, this unfair emotional expectation, when which caused me to def- to defend it. You know, caused me to defend the originals. You know, with with my my you know Claymore lightsaber, and um, and so really it was. You know, it sounds weird, but. I wasn't a good friend to Star Wars. I mean, good friends forgive each other. You know, they they look on they look on, on the bright side. You know, George, and forgive so, me. And so and, and so and so so I realized my wrath was really from me more than it was from the. Again, I, I don't think they're, they're great films, but 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 so and so now like I've I've come back to to, to the light side. You know, I, I'm not. I still don't think they're great, but 
like I'm not angry anymore. Yeah. Like I, I realized that was my that was something special to me. I mean, I I I don't really want my kids to be entrenched in in the prequels because I want them to have that same special experience with the with the original series. I, mean, yeah. I don't ban them from watching it, but in fact, I think my son watched all three of the prequels today. But um, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, so 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 that that was kind of my journey where where I realized that my wrath. And I wonder if many prequel haters, I wonder if, if without knowing that part of their hatred toward the prequels is this, is this weird kind of weirdo psychological kind of betrayal thing where, where, where they don't know what – because I didn't for years, ever since I saw them. I didn't know why I was so angry. And I, I hit hard. And Jessica knows. I don't know if I brought her to tears ever, but I hit hard. I, it, was I super mean when I was attacking the prequels? No, I'm firm in my belief that they're amazing films. So, <laughs> okay. Now, so. can I just can I just tack on to that? Uh, I've no. had I've had similar. Oh, I've had I've had similar experiences, you know, and 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 similar epiphanies thanks to people like Brian Young. But uh, I, you know, it's interesting. I'm just going to throw this out there. Mr. Plinkett's reviews of those films on Red Letter Media, stinking hilarious. You will laugh your head off. They're they're uh, they're pretty fun. But uh, you know, again, on the other hand, I you know I think it's really telling that you know, like you said, people felt betrayed. They had there was a, there was a level of expectation and quality um, that I think the prequels in many ways didn't reach. Yeah. Um, and and so I think I think that's part of it there. And I think the Rotten Tomatoes ratings for those films is really telling you know they rate revenge of the sith at an 80 percent and they rate return of the jedi at a 79 which if you if you if you sort of look at it through a nostalgic lens you're like how can this be but when you really objectively look at the two films together you can kind of see yeah you know what we really need to do you know to judge these films based on their merit and not just sort of how we feel about what they've done to our childhood and but I think yeah. what most people are upset about is we have this really cool, amazing villain. I mean, from the second he steps onto you know the Tantive, what four, five, five, Tantive four, four. Yeah, the second he steps on there, the music kicks in. Pure black suit. We've never seen anything like that before, and he's just this, you know. And then he starts force choking someone. You instantly are compelled by this character. And then we go to the prequels, and he's a whiny brat. I think that's what yeah. really upsets a lot of people. Well, Jesse, you better jump so, in here. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 you're gonna find very knowledgeable, staunch defenders of, uh, of everything. That's okay. In my head the whole time. <laughs> I, I, I can. All of this. I, yeah. All of this being said. All of this being said. I mean, there's there's a couple of younger guys here on the show. There's me and McKay. We grew up, you know, in the '90s. I had seen, you know, uh, uh, the original films in the theater during the special edition release, which, you know, granted, eh, you, you get what you get. Uh, and I enjoyed yep. the heck out of them. Uh, that being said, The Phantom Menace came out when I was like seven or eight years old. And that was my first true experience mm. of the world going crazy and stopping <laughs> everything they're doing to see Star Wars. Now, I want I want McKay to chime in a little bit because... Out of everyone I've ever met, I've I've never experienced someone defending the prequels so aggressively. But he does bring up a couple of really good points. McKay. This might be age, McKay's last show. <laughs> <laughs> being that age and experiencing Star Wars for the first time, even if it's the prequels, what was that like? And so I feel like that's a huge part of 
every time I talk to someone who hates the prequel trilogies, they're all older than me. One thing that I think is huge with Star Wait, Wars can, is they're can like. We just pause to say how. Oh, I, sorry, I'm 23. Okay, I, I was about to say I'm 24, so I guess. Oh, okay. well, no, I, but to be honest, you know, for those that grew up with the my older kids ones, don't like the prequels. Yeah, I was about to say, know, well, as but, a kid who saw them in the theaters yeah. and was and watched through dial-up internet the trailer for Episode One a million, as many times as I could <laughs> before my parents told me to stop it, and then went <laughs> to the theaters and watched it. I left the theaters. It was interesting. I had kind of mixed emotions. The first half of the movie, I was really, really bored. The second half of the movie, I got really, really excited. When Qui-Gon died, I cried. Spoiler alert, by the way. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> if, you don't, yeah, if you don't know this already, yeah, sorry. I was about to say, come on, just watch it already. But, uh, and, and, so, and then I cried, and then I came out of the theater, and I remember as a kid being very confused at what I had witnessed. Yeah. And, and, and I think that was everyone's kind of yeah. natural reaction. If that wasn't the very first Star Wars film they were introduced to, because I mean, if you if well, you started there, that wouldn't be any different for you, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, I. Think... Sorry. Okay. No, um, passion <laughs> first. Passion first. Go we for need it. like a phone to live person referee here. <laughs> yeah, this, this is this is why you should be here. Uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was I remember being 6 years old and and Phantom Menace was my first experience with Star Wars. I didn't even know what my dad was really taking me to. Um and I just remember just being blown away. I didn't I it was like the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. I remember though like I didn't really understand what was going on because I was so young. The only characters I really connected with were young Anakin, who's just three years older than I was at the time, and Please Jar Jar Binks. Oh. And I love Jar Jar Binks. Oh. <laughs> Everything has been explained. Why is well, such a staunch fan of the prequels? So that was my first experience. But then my second, my second earliest memory is of sitting on the couch with my dad watching Empire. And I remember my dad pointing to Vader and saying, so remember the movie I took you to go see? Yeah. That right there, that guy in black, Yeah. That's Aunt little Anakin as an adult. I'm like, He's what? Spoiled. I want my wow. What she said is actually something I well, that segues into what I was gonna say. I was gonna say when my son was three years old, I wanted to introduce him to Star Wars because it was something that was very important to me. But when I put on the old movies, all he saw was an old movie. And so what I did was I started him with the very first Star Wars. I knew that the colors. I knew that the pod racing, I knew that Jar Jar, everybody hates Jar Jar, including myself, but it is a character that kids, in general, when they are that young, think it's funny. They think it's funny, they think it's enduring. And the second that he was done with the first episode, he goes, okay, more. And then instead of moving to the next movie, I jumped back to the old trilogy. And he embraced it so much more. And to this day, Empire is his favorite. He loves it more than the prequels. But if I had not started him with the prequels, which had the the, the child that had the child in it, and that had you know the goofy Jar Jar Binks, he would never have been sucked in the way that he was. And I think that's, that's what's most important point. about the trilogy or the prequels, and then all of the newer movies coming out. Is that Star Wars is such a huge, almost religious thing in everybody's home. That I mean, yeah, the prequels were were great, but they brought in a new generation of people that became obsessed with Star Wars. And the same thing's going to happen with the new trilogy, whether it's good or not. It's going to bring and reel in a new audience, a new audience with a new appreciation and view and perceptions of it. And I don't know. I mean, for me, well, 
I mean, the new movie I think is going to be a much vast, uh, darker movie than we have seen Star Wars wise. So I don't I think that, it's going to pick up. I don't think it's going to pick up the kids. I don't really think it's going to pick up the kids like Phantom really Menace hard. did. Well, but really and I think that's why they have rebels. Well, hmm. and here's the it's thing. really hard to be a kid today and not notice your parents and every single person everywhere going crazy about this movie, and that's what they're probably going to remember. So eventually, well, yeah, no matter and that's what, true. everyone's going to see The Force Awakens. And I, and I think there's two sides to this coin, right? I think there are those kids that are going to see this movie or were exposed to Phantom Menace first and got sucked right in. I've got cousins who saw the prequels first, and now they think the original trilogy is dumb and boring. And that makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. No, yeah, exactly. But it's understandable. Exactly because yeah. because because of the flashiness. For example, I mean the 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 duel with Darth Maul. I mean the the, the fabulous action scenes that are in the prequels yeah. that just aren't as much in the original oh, trilogy. Sure. And so, but that's easy to explain. No, no, no. It it it's it easy to explain. But but if you raise your kids on all the flash bang stuff, yeah. which, which is then it's super boring. overdone and heavy, I think, in the, in, in the prequels, is that I think you risk and, and you know, and, and uh, you know, starting the kid out with uh, with Phantom Menace, I, that might be a good idea with the kids and everything mm-hmm. like that. But but there is something uniquely special about the original trilogy, and if I I just wouldn't risk my kids mm-hmm. not liking them by not introducing them first to my kids. Yeah, that concept just it scares me. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I mean there's. That's why I. I'm sorry. What? I said it wasn't oh. a problem for my kids at all. I mean, they they were so interested in the characters that once, at, even at three, once they got to know Anakin, and they knew he grew up to be this, you know, dictator, this bad man, they wanted to see more. And it didn't matter about you know, it, it is it is you know just like you you put you know sexy girls on the front of Victoria's Secret shop to suck people in. You know, you you get them in, and you can pretty much show them anything, and they're going to eat it up yeah. because well, they they love. I like that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I, well, we we lure them in with golden bikinis. That's what we do. Um, yes. Yes. We start with episode six first. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and, and I think there's, I think there, and again, I think it just depends on on the kids. And I think that's why you know a lot of people are so angry at this. San Diego Comic Con film reel, where JJ was just talking about real sets, yeah. you know, old cameras, and and that, and and honestly, I I liked that film reel because it applies, you know, it, it, it obviously was appealing to my nostalgia, but I think there's something to be said for the love of making a model with your hands and building a real set because you see that 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 passion and that love really translates well, and I am not saying that ILM didn't work their butts off on the prequel trilogy. They worked their butts off, and what they did is artful to the extreme. But when you're bombarded with a green screen on every shot of the yeah. film, it does, it, I don't it's tiring. Which it wasn't. I don't it wasn't that way. Nobody respects the green screen. Nobody respects the green screen. I think that's what makes these new movies coming out so exciting. I mean, they've literally gone back to practical effects and actual sets. And... I, for one, absolutely hate that aspect of the prequels. I, when I see the making of it and I see two guys standing in a green room, it's sickening. Like, and, and, it really yeah. is. 
Well, that I, that shows how. I, I, I love. <laughs> you got to jump in. I know. Okay. Like, Shut up! I'm gonna talk for Shut a second. Um, I love though how like in that in that reel how they're like we're filming in a desert, a real desert. Like they didn't film in a real desert in the prequels or something. They did it was in the first one. Yeah, they it, did. And but but they, I don't know if they did in the second and third. And I also think, you know, uh, you know, Ian McKellen had an interesting thing when they were filming The Hobbit. He sort of said, and he didn't realize his microphone was on, but he sort of said under his breath. This isn't acting. And he had literally 13 stools around this table with the dwarves' faces in paper taped to it. And he just and, – and remember when they were filming the, the scene with Grievous and Obi-Wan, they literally threw little green bean bags at, the, at Obi-Wan to kind of try and make him flinch at the right times when Grievous is swinging his lightsabers around. It's hard to act. With a green screen, it is, and 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 you can see that in the films, and it's and again, it was new technology. I don't blame George Lucas. I don't blame ILM. They did a fantastic job, but it was a new technology, and I do think it was overdone, and it's hard. And so, well, just look at most movies. You know, you can watch movies and see that the CG is used so much. You know, just the visual effects of having a full-size Millennium Falcon instead of something CG'd in. It just looks more cooler and they can interact with it better. And you can jump and you well, look I'm like I want to go to the Millennium Falcon. Yes. Like, I want to go visit it. I do. I want one in my I'm backyard. Sample from, from this year. I mean you look at the two one of the two bigger blockbusters of this year. You look at uh, Jurassic World. I liked it. I thought it was okay. But then you look at this other movie that came out of left field called Mad Max. Now what are people hungry for right now is realism they, they've, they've identified what CGI is. They're not impressed anymore. Just like they say in Jurassic World, people have seen it. They, they need something new. They need something fresh. They need something they can believe and see, touch, and feel. And I think that's why Mad Max was such a mind-blowing like success, because everything, for the most part, in that movie was real. And it was well, this awesome. issue and well, well, this issue and, and a million others that, that I'm sure uh, that, 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 that we worry about, wonder about, that fans are, you know, how, how good is it actually going to be? J.J. Abrams? The dude is a master. Mar- I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's a very decent filmmaker, but he's also a master marketer. And and, oh, yeah. and, and he he and the and, and the execs at Disney, you better believe that they have very carefully plotted this. Oh, I'm, I, I'm sure they, they have. Sure. And the mere- I think this is going to draw in a new generation. I I, I think this is going to be the biggest movie ever. It probably already is with pre-sales. Yeah, yeah with pre-sales. Um, and, uh, right. and, and and I honestly think I don't think it, anything can live up to this amount of hype. But but I do think this is going to be. I really think it's going to be a very decent gem of a I'm film. Sure. I, I oh, yeah. totally from, like what, it. from what we've you seen know, in the trailers, from yeah. the practical Beautiful. effects to to whatever the end of the story, I'm sure every worry that that fans out there have about well, they going to do this stupid thing with the story. Blah, blah, I bet they've gone through that list of, of worries and they have come up with. A pretty oh, yeah. freaking cool solution when, to it. When I think about Kathleen Kennedy, John Williams, J.J. Abrams, and two executives <laughs> from Disney getting in a room together to talk about the future of Star Wars. And Lawrence in, Kasdan. Yeah, and Lawrence Kasdan. <laughs> my initial thought is, oh my gosh, we are in great hands. Yeah. Well, I mean, just think of this. I mean, forget about everything else everyone's complaining about. Everyone is going to go see the movie for one reason. You've never yep. seen Luke in any trailer or on any poster. And everyone wants to know where the crap Luke Skywalker he is. Was, he had his hand and I, with us. They don't mess well, up right before the movie. What? Are you sure? Are, are we sure? sure? Yeah. It's one of those <laughs> theories, man. No. I know. I know it. I know it is. I, I know it is. But really, <laughs> we've we've never seen Luke's face. 
No. We haven't seen Luke appear. We've it, seen well, Han. We've seen it's behind Leia. the mask a lot. You know? Yeah. Han and Leia. <laughs> we've seen Kylo and these other. We've seen kind of hints towards Mandalorians. You know, you've seen one in the background when the lightning flashes, when the, all the other knights are around oh, Kylo. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, how much Mandalorian there, right And he's got a trailer. tent in his head, in his, in his helmet. So it could be Boba Fett. You also, when they're walking in, you see the Mandalorian flag. He's so old. No, so not technically because he's a clone. No, Wars. <laughs> well, no. Well, yeah, but I think unaltered. Did George come so and say that Boba escaped? They officially announced. Yeah, he did. And then oh, yeah, Disney officially that. announced his escape is canon. But not only that, <laughs> he was in the Sarlacc pit. So when when you're in the Sarlacc pit, the Sarlacc attaches things to you and actually pumps a chemical into your body to prolong your body yeah, so that you keep, you alive, keep you alive for over thousands of years while it digests you. Oh. So he could not be old. Yeah. I didn't even think oh, I, think, I think Boba is going to be, not in this movie. But he is scarred from, from it. So. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I, I think Boba, he, I don't know if he'll be in this movie. I, and I claustrophobic. Wanna, I want to say... <laughs> Well, he's, he's got he, blind people. Well, he's got. It's ruin well, I mean, everything. at least in the expanded universe books, he does. <laughs> Maybe he's suffer for some mental issues. I mean, yeah. he he definitely has mental issues. He but he does come back. He takes the mantle of Mandalore, and starts reuniting the Mandalorian clan. So, could we see that? Maybe we don't know. But there definitely is a Mandalorian there with a dented helmet. And the only Mandalorian we've ever seen with a dented helmet is him. So mm. he could be part of that. We I don't know. Plot-wise, bring him back. Yeah. That's what's so fun, though, is just we have absolutely no, we don't. no we don't. idea anything and, could happen. And even the what bits and pieces we've been given make us talk. We want it, did, everyone's guys. talking. Everyone's excited. Everyone's wanting to see this movie. Even people that aren't Star Wars fans want to go see it just because, well, it's Star Wars. People aren't Star Wars fans? Yes. Find me well, all five of them. And that's the weird thing. Is, <laughs> I, I can I can, te- I can show you. I'm so you sorry, know, Dan. I mean, it's interesting. On that note, I was talking to my mom the other day, and my mom and my dad, they're, you know, they're they are old. Um, <laughs> old. I hope they're not listening. I love you, mom and dad. But uh, they, they, you know, my mom called me and was like, I was, I was watching Good Morning America, and I saw the Star Wars trailer, and I started to cry. It was so beautiful. And I was like, Mom, you're not a Star Wars fan. She's like, well, no, but... It just it just looks so awesome, and it brought back memories, and it's just like, well, I mean, and it's like it does. that is going to happen everywhere. Okay, well, I mean, everyone, I, I can probably guarantee everyone at this table, and Jared and Jessica, all remember the trailer. You see all the cool stuff, and then you see Han and Julie say, we're home. How many people just started crying right there, and, and that, or had those tingly feelings oh, like, I was oh crying. my God. Let me tell you what happened celebration when that landed, yeah. and it's like the whole room, the whole building just silenced. Silence, and then we hear we're home, and the entire freaking state of California just boom. (laughs) Or, or what about even the first trailer when he says, you know, the dark side and the light, darkness. Suddenly, here comes the Millennium Falcon, and and you're just like, oh my goodness! Yes, like zipping across the desert with Tie Fighter Jack. The trailer to the Phantom Menace was pretty cool too when it first came out. I was like, yes. We've just seen so many really cool things. Um, you're right. J.J. Abrams has done a great, great job. Almost anything he's done is amazing. You know, as far wow. as as, as far as 
As far as on the, the visual effects and the that way... one movie in 2009 was just stellar. What was that again? Yeah, well, just the Wait, way he put... <laughs> just the way he's put... I mean, granted, he was, in the very beginning, it was rough. But as he's progressed, he's become a better filmmaker. He's also a huge you know, Star Wars fan. That's a really good point to make, Daniel, because, I mean, we have to understand that the formula in which made the original trilogy good. For one, Lucas laid down all of the groundwork, and it was great. Yep. A New Hope is probably my favorite film. After that, he delegated the crap out of the following two films. They weren't even directed by him. He had, he had you know, very little to do with them, actually. And, I mean, you look at the, the different directors for both of them. They had fortes in different areas. That's why... Uh, Empire was, you know, so emotionally driven and stuff like that because the director had specialized in stuff like that. And then Richard Marquand in the third one, you know, he had different fortes in different areas. And that's what made, you know, the first trilogy so diverse and interesting and, and compelling is because you had different people bringing different things to the table. Then yeah. Lucas goes out and kind of shits the bed with the prequels. He kind of lost his, his way a little bit. And it took him three movies we to figure out phone. that. <laughs> 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 it took him three movies to figure this out. What gets me super excited is that now we're going back to the original formula into like the highest degree, you know, practical like effects, this and that. But I think the most important thing is he's let go. Disney's come in. They brought in a very talented director, and we're going to see a different atmosphere in Star Wars than we've ever seen before. So it's almost like the yeah. first time for all of us seeing it again. And that's why I am so completely pumped. Do you think they're going to show the, the Disney castle? No. no. Yes. No. What are they no. going to show? No way. No. Well, okay. They released a new <laughs> intro. Well, the thing yeah. What was it? Something like with a compass, or I can't remember what it looked like. Well, I. So they showed it Disney owns Marvel. We've never seen a castle in those. Okay. So it'll probably just be Lucasfilm. So the one thing that is I have liked that Disney has done when they have acquired a pro- uh, you know a property is they've left it alone. Really. Yes, yeah. they've been they're the kind of the the money and the guiding force behind it. But the company itself has stayed on its own, so we don't see the castle appear before we see the Marvel logo. So, and I don't think we're going to see that with with uh, you know, we'll see the Lucas films, the green shiny, or maybe it'll be tweaked a little well, bit. Well, well, one thing I'm very excited about is an expanded Disneyland and Disney World. Oh yeah, I'm very oh, excited. Oh, Star, Wars yeah. Land. Star Wars. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember waiting two hours in line yeah. for Star Tours when it first came out a million years ago. You know, and it was it was worth every minute. My so only I concern. Is now that we get Star Wars Land part of Disney, is now we pay almost two hundred dollars a ticket because it, it's already a hundred dollars a person. But you know, I'm not that rich for a day. You're gonna take me down? Right. No. Now, now, can I just say one thing that that does irk me about the Disney buyout? We're not going to get the 21st century fanfare in front of the Star Wars movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. That kind of bumps me out well, a little bit. It's on the soundtracks for the well, film. It, well, not only that, me growing up as a kid. Whenever I heard that, I always thought that meant Star Wars. Yeah. I didn't realize that wasn't Star Wars uh, yeah. until I, I got to a certain age. I was like, is that something from the Empire? Like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Simpsons kind of ruined that opening yeah. for me. You know, and, and then it got to a point where I got older and I'm like, wait a minute. No, that's just something else. Because yeah. that's what I, you know, I'd hear that dun 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 dun. And then dun dun dun. I'm like, Star Wars is on. Let's watch. <laughs> now, it's interesting. Actually, it, I, I've looked into this. The history of that particular fanfare—it's been modified throughout the years. The fanfare, as it as they do it today, and as it appeared in the 1977 Star Wars, is is the that was the initial use of that particular fanfare. Because if you listen to it in front of like Indiana Jones, like three or four years later, 
it's cut off and it's only like the first half of that fanfare. They don't have the da 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 Yeah. And so that was like clearly they were like marketing nostalgia when they used it with literally everything else. And yeah. So I still associate it with Star Wars because I think that's part of what brought them so much success. So. Yeah. But guys, think about it. We're going to be sitting in the theater in what'd you say? Twenty one days. Twenty eight days. Twenty. Oh 20, man, I was getting all hopeful. <laughs> We're going to be sitting. No, the me. lights will oh. go down. <laughs> the lights will go down. Everyone will be quiet, and then on the screen will fade on a long time ago. And everyone will scream like crazy. I'm no, going to no, no, start no. crying. I think, I think everyone will hold their breath. And then when Star Wars hits the big screen, that's when we're going to No, some, some jerk is going to start. I think someone's going to start screaming the whole time. I, I, paid, I paid good money as for my 7 the lights go out. December 17th nope, showing. that's not going to happen. <laughs> someone screams. I'm going to show up at your theater just screaming. You know? <laughs> so, okay. We've talked about all this. So, Expanded Universe. So, this is something everyone's loved. Comics, video games, books, uh, TV series. Now that's all been scrapped. You know, it's Legends. I understand why it's Legends because, you know, as Aaron said earlier, there's so many different disconnects and contradictions, and it. it makes a perfect sense to say it's Legends because, you know, how many Legends have we heard that are almost that are exactly word for word the same? Everything's a little yeah. bit differently. So where do we go from now? Go from here because you know, Knights of the Old Republic. Is it? canon is it not there's you know i have theories that it is canon because of certain things um i think you need to wait and see i was on starwars.com and there was and there was there was there was somebody on there who felt the same way that some original trilogy fans feel about the expanded universe where he's like i will never see another star wars film unless you reinstate the expanded universe. In my personal, that, that is just. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, maybe yeah, that's crazy. About this, yeah. you know. In my personal opinion, though, everything from Legends is canon until they say it's not. Well, they have <laughs> said it's not. Yeah, exactly. But here's, you know, in in my in my specifically, here's yeah. What, here's what here's what I've heard. I, I think it was David Farland who told me this, and I'm going to tell you what he told me. Um, and he said. The, the expanded universe, a.k.a. Legends, is like a big chest full of toys. Yeah. And every author who worked with it, the expectation was they got to play with the toys for a little while, and then they would put it back. And now, Disney and Lucasfilm have the opportunity to, if they see something they like in the chest, they don't have to go buy a new toy. They yeah. just pull it right out of there. And, they, and they've done that but with people like... But they tweak it yeah. and change yeah. it to and, their own. But they've done it with things like Korriban, with Darth Bane, with the Rule of Two, with the Sith, different things. That's and, and I And I, and I kind of I like that because well, it gives me a little feeling of, oh, yeah, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the joke. I see that Yuzan Vong in the back of the bar. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I get what's going on. Well, see, that's the one thing. So if Darth Because they made the Darth Bane books <laughs> canon. Yeah. And so... But in the Darth Bane books, they mention Revan. Because well, yeah, he, he pulls out Revan's holocron. That's how he learns of the rule of well, two. And, and everything. if you've read the past to episode seven with like Tarkin, Heir to the Jedi, yeah. there are little things that they like throw in there just to be like, this is my chance to make it canon. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, things like uh, like the, the brandy, the Corellian brandy, or like just little little things, right? Yeah. And, they, and, and even in like Clone Wars and Rebels, right? The, they took Dathomir and they canonized that yeah. and they... You know, and different things. Well, and the Black Sun are in there, so yeah. mm-hmm. there is the possibility of Shadows of the Empire now. Yep. 
Yeah. So before Which would be an awesome movie. before yeah. EU became legends, I was actually like researching like, okay, what exactly is considered canon? And on Wikipedia actually, they had a list. They had it all broken down into like a pyramid. So there was G canon, that's the movies, that's gospel, right? Then you had T canon for TV, below that C canon for commercial, the books and the comics. Then you had something called secondary canon, which was some of the older comics that kind of kept clashing with things, but they had cool things in them. And those were kind of considered what Legends is now. It's like they would tell authors, you can take stuff from there if you want to, or you can leave it alone. And so kind of how I would view it reading expanded universe novels was if it was really good, you know, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is so canon. Other parts I'd be like this isn't really that great. Maybe it didn't happen, you know? And if, of course, it clashed with the movies, like, oh, then it totally didn't happen. So I was kind of already viewing Expanded Universe as we are kind of uh, viewing Legends now. It's like it could be true, and people will make things officially true the way that we viewed it. And other parts are like, yeah, it's dumb. We're not going to keep it. It's gone. And that's what I like is this great point because there's so much. There's so much, you know, extra content out there that there's no way that it's all going to make sense. There's anything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's so much out there. If they tried to stick to one particular timeline or whatever, it wouldn't work. There's so many things that clash in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Same thing applies to Star Wars. But, you know, all that legend stuff, like, I, we met uh, Timothy Zahn at Comic-Con, and that was one of the best things I remember from that con. And I decided I'm going to go home and uh, read their- <laughs> I'm going to read the Thrawn trilogy again because those stories are so freaking good. And it almost is the same thing as the prequels. It's like, eh, you know, it doesn't ruin it for me that they've completely wiped it away from being canon. The story is still a story, and it's amazing, amazing story. The story is amazing. um, Yeah. And this is kind of the sad thing is is we'll never see the Thrawn trilogy or the Heirs of the Empire. Yeah. Well, there, you there's don't no, know that. Well, they well, can, we can. We're about to. In, we can. In, in, in a month. Just, They're too old. They're too well, old. Just because. Like a decade, but, just you know, because they're different. placed in that point in the timeline, which is being wiped, that doesn't mean we might. They might take I, Thrawn and put him in a different or, area. Or, I'd be cool with I mean, that. I have no, theory, it, w- it wouldn't if, work though. What if ten or twenty years from now they're looking at they're thinking about your problem of okay, is the market oversaturated? Do we need something new? Let's make a series of five Legends movies and take the five, but, you know, let's take the Thrawn trilogy, the Jedi Academy trilogy, and, I, I don't know, pick a, you know, the the Courtship of Princess Leia and let's make some movies, you know? Yeah, well, then then we run into the thing of we're not going to have the same actors. And that's kind of, you know, yeah, can you envision hard. someone else other than Harrison Ford as Han Solo? They're going to do Origin Han Solo movies, so yeah, that's right. But but he's going to be, but he's going to be younger, so we can you can get away with that. But say say we do a Thrawn trilogy with a new Luke and a new Han and new Leia, is that going to have the same chemistry and magic? Because it can. It depends. I mean, there are certain actors that have a spark to them, right? And I think honestly, I firmly believe that 2003 Nathan Fillion would have been an adequate Han Solo. You're right, and so like I that think that would have been a very, very gutsy move, though, because yeah, because because when you think of Han Solo, you know, again, I mean, part of the magic of A New Hope, part mm-hmm. of the magic, it's really the actors. Oh yeah, oh sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it it really is, and and so when you think of Han Solo, Harrison Ford made a huge chunk of what of what of what Han Solo is. So I think that'd be a I mean, it'd be interesting. Well, to see it's the same with Indiana well, Jones. Well, or exactly. even, yeah. if you think of like Obi Wan, right? Like 
Alec Guinness is a is an incredible Obi Wan, but when I think of Obi Wan, Ewan McGregor well, comes to mind, right? Okay. So I think yeah, yeah but again, he's young. That so he's, he's younger, young. and I and he can get away with that because, and and this is my theory on that. We didn't have much time with old Obi Wan. For example, it, it, mm-hmm. it was hard for me. It, it was hard to watch Dumbledore when they changed from um, Richard. Sure. Uh, yeah, oh, I love him. Sorry. Uh, Rich, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You yeah, know we're talking he was in, about. he was in Gladiator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Richard. I can't I remember his last name on, either. Anyway, um, and to Michael Gambon was the new. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and and he was fine, but but there was always something weird. Yeah, about yeah. Him. yeah I don't know what it was. It was just a different Dumbledore. Yeah. And I think that's what we're going to have to accept is that the character is going to be different. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think I don't think they'll do Richard that. Harris. By the way, so I could see his face. He yeah, was no, he was exactly. in yeah. Gladiator. He was also in. And I think uh, his son is is Moriarty in um in Sherlock Holmes too. I I is want that? to say yes. I'm not sure. I remember. I all of that being said, though, my, my prediction all that is being said, I don't think the story still got told, even in Harry Potter. Like, yeah, it was yeah. kind of weird with the recast and stuff like that. At the end, the very of the whole trilogy, the whole series and stuff like that, I still cried like a baby. You know, Dumbledore was a part of that, and he wasn't, you know, a Han Solo role of this of the series. But no. I think the story trumps all. You know, well, the story well, we only is good, had, and the actors are good. If the story gets was it one or two Harry Potter movies we had was Richard. It was two, two. 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 He died during the second. third yeah. one. So you know, um, and again, it's magic. They could you can if they really want to say what he just changed his face. Well, another you know? another thing. <laughs> well, that's, I guess that's it was a polymorph spell. Another, yeah. Another thing too, though, is I mean, with with Harry Potter, they had no choice. Yeah. Obviously, but if they if they weren't if they didn't have to make that choice, I don't think they would. So for Star Wars, especially obviously when you have so many fans who are so meh about everything, um, I don't think Disney would dare do something would, like that until they, maybe. I like don't know. Several... They did it with they did it with Star Trek, and they did it with well, Terminator. And Terminator. Family, could we make a CGI Han Solo? That's Would actually a dare? thought I've had. That's a thought. No, I mean, nah, we don't need we, we don't nah. need Running Man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like in and, Tron and or something. Harrison Ford would not allow it. Or yeah, he, he would. He, well, once he's you know. Well, that's what I'm dead. What's he gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, he you know, owns he owns part of the uh, rights to Han Solo. So I don't know if yeah. we will get to see anything other than a young Han Solo. He's been trying to kill off but, for yeah. thirty but, years. But they have, they have so much great material. They do. You know, and and and, and as, as long as the movies are good, whether or not the characters are the classic characters, even when they make mention of them, for example, um, I'm a big Star Trek Next Generation fan. And uh, you don't say. And, and every time <laughs> I didn't know they, they existed. <laughs> every time they uh, they they mention some of the original cast and. I remember when Captain Kirk did this, blah, 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 number one. Um, you know, nutty fans kind of get giggly whenever they mention them, even though you never see them. Yeah. yeah. And, so, uh, and so I think, I think you know, once you have those, those, those connections, I think as long as the stories are awesome, you know, I worry about the oversaturation of Star yeah. Wars. You know, we're getting over, you know, and, and does it hurt anything? Uh, you know, again, I have a very special experience with the original trilogy when you have all this extra stuff and you expand and, and let's say 20% of the new movies are just dumb. I mean, it's very possible, you know, or maybe, maybe it's 50% are dumb. Um, does that diminish the originals? It it did for me. Um, now I'm, I'm kind of over that now, but, but yeah, there's, there's some, there's some thought to be had there, you know, yeah. because, because very few movies or very few pieces of art are kind of a, and, 
I'm going to over overstate this, but they're kind of a rite of passage, you know, like certain books that my kids read. For example, my kids must read The Silmarillion by the time they're 12. Yeah. They're required to. <laughs> oh, you are such a good father. Or they, you're grounded. They owe me a dollar every day after their after their 13th oh, birthday that, that awesome. they have oh, that. finished it. I don't know and if so that's it awesome is pretty cool. much Star Wars, right. Original so, Star Wars trilogy by seven, Silmarillion by 12. All right. That's right. So, and, and, a bold and, move. And, and there's, there's actually a, a significant list of, of like yeah. required reading, you know. Um, and, uh, and some of them are history, but it's not just all the, you know, yeah. sci-fi. There's, yeah. History, there's, 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 there's religious spirit. There's, there's all kinds. But I was about to say, but, when, when they start, you know, worshiping Melkor, what are you going to do? <laughs> Well, I, I've got other things before that, so, okay, so right. we, 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 we've hedged, you know, a little bit there. had a discussion about the Valar and, and their role yeah. in society, and Baron took Luthien to wife. Whoa, what is going on? Are, are you still doing that thing with the Harry Potter books with your kids, where you make them read the books the same age? Yeah, right? yeah. So You're well, still doing cool. that? So they, so, it makes uh, me uh, disappointed they, they didn't get a letter as well. Except, <laughs> actually, I have a story about that. Um, if we have time, I'll, I'll tell you the... They got a letter from Hogwarts, actually. My kids. So cool, but then people are disappointed when they realize it's not real. No, no. You know, I'm Santa. No, and um, he's real, right? And uh, anyway, so I I think honestly, I think I think parents. I'm I'm a dad. You know, I I think parents. First thing to think. This is weird. I'm not trying to to religionify, you know, Star Wars or Tolkien or anything like that. However. You know, there are certain special experiences that, that the kids have. I mean, I went to I, I lived in Europe for a while, you know, and I saw some of the great works of art, you know, in, in Europe, you know, and those were actually really formative experiences for me, you know, seeing kind of the ultimate in certain kinds of art, you know, and and that was that was something that had it been taught to me in a, in a different way, I think. I think it would have diminished my experience. There's certain movies, not just, you know, Star Wars movies, whatever, but some movies that are at the top of my list of this is an incredibly awesome movie that. Kind of, it kind of changed my life, you know, and um, and Star Wars is one of those, um, and uh, and so I think I think parents have to be a little bit careful because pretty soon it becomes a fad, you know. The original trilogy was both a revolution, a legend, you know, in yeah. an art form, a, a movie, a seminal movie making, but but and it was also a fad. What happens with the superhero movies is that I don't know how many of the of the superhero movies that have come out in the last ten years are legends you know i think there's some great movies but they're really kind of a fad and so and so you 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 kind of lose out on on certain moments if you're just shoving media down your kids eyeballs you know um where where, where they kind of lose lose track of well which what part of this thing am i supposed to really value you know, and so anyways, I think I think that's that, that, that's the danger of the candy store. Yeah, no, and that just made me think about that because it's true. It's like I get so obsessed with a superhero movie, but now I'm like, oh, okay, what's next now? Because yeah, I know exactly. there's something coming well, out in three well, months. Well, and, and you have certain movies where you know, I you know, I I, I I kind of disagree. And by the way, can I just still say, is it too late to get adopted into your family? But, uh, <laughs> but uh, did you read the book at seven? Yeah, <laughs> thirteen. Well, <laughs> I don't mean to brag, but um, I uh, so for me, I think there are some movies that are going to be legendary. Um, things like uh, The Lord of the Rings, like Batman Begins, The Avengers, those those movies I think are going to live on kind of into legend. But then there are other movies like Iron Man 2 and Ant-Man and maybe even Age of Ultron where it's just going to be like, eh. Yeah, okay, but, 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 but check this out though because my kids, like they'll, they'll consume one of these films and, and, and we're, we're really careful with them. Like we, we bring them up on 
on you know movies from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and we want to slow their oh, pace nice. down because otherwise they're they're sucking in all this all this stuff. But even my kids, when I, I've tried really hard to not make them, you know, basically visual effects junkies, you know, and yeah. action movie junkies. Um, I've tried really hard to do that, but still, sometimes they'll they'll watch something about okay, what's next? You know, yeah. like for example, yeah. I watched I watched A New Hope probably hundreds of I mean our our videotape was like spring at the end of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> over and over and over again. But my kids rarely, I mean, they do rewatch some Star Wars. My son rewatches Lord of the Rings movies, okay, but but they rarely rewatch, you know, and 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 not that you want to just rewatch the same thing over and over again, but again, there's something about that where you're, I don't know, but I think that's I think watching Star Wars a hundred times and being is able better to than watching a hundred Star Wars movies, honestly. I I agree. Well, and and I like this idea. Okay, of, battle I, that. Fight, fight, no, fight. I, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> disagree with that either because it's like, well, with Star Wars, that's my problem. I am blind to Star Wars. That is like the love of my life. Anything with it, I will just watch forever. People could be like, it's garbage. I'm like, nope, it was great because it's Star Wars. So, But I get that, too. It's all like there's something different than qual- or quality over quantity, and I totally get that. I just I feel like it's not such a bad thing to have more Star Wars in this case. Well, so. I'm almost glad that – I mean, I'm almost glad that Tolkien did not write more books. Oh, I'm totally glad. And that's you why – I mean, yeah. So am I. I would have read them. I would have loved them. But there's something about – studying and bracing and digesting and rethinking and blah, 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 those ones. Oh, yeah. Well, and Tolkien was that way himself in life. I mean, he didn't write most of his stuff until way late in his life. Yeah. And even then, he died with most of his material unpublished. Christopher Tolkien came back and organized all of his manuscripts, and now there is a 12-volume history of Middle-earth, which I don't know if any of you have read. I have. No. It's really long. There's one dedicated to just Galadriel, and it's like she's older than the moon. That's neat. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and so like you know, and so I. But I think there is something to that depth. But I think for me, Star Wars, I, I like the depth, but I also like, in many ways, the simplicity of it. It's you can watch The Empire Strikes Back, and for me at least, like there's still things I noticed right when I watched that I'm like, did I notice that before? I don't know if I, but for the most part, you can kind of keep up with it, right? It's never too complex. That was always the one complaint I heard from a lot of people is the prequels kind of went over their heads with, like, you know, Supreme Chancellor, delegates <laughs> of the Senate, a tragedy has occurred, and it's just like, what is going on? See, that? that was actually one of my favorite aspects of the prequels because I almost felt that the original trilogy was too simple for me. I loved digging into it and finding all those little things and figuring it out. I, and I, I still do that. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think Han Solo did it best. You know, when she's like, "I love you," and he's like, "I know." I mean, yeah. very simple, no. easy dialogue where everyone's like, they knew what happened there. And there's still a lot to read into. Though. There is, yeah. But you know, but with with the prequels, there is a lot that's thrown at us and bombarded us. You know, it was really simple. Jedi's, Sith, you know, this mystical force they could command and do really cool things. And then we get to the prequels, like, nope, midichlorians do this. It's yeah. this little bug that floats around, and yeah. And if you have a lot, you can do cool stuff. If you don't, well... Forget it, you're normal. Well, in place um, with the idea of like, wait, was Yoda a good guy in that movie? It's like, what? You better jump in there, Jessica. I know, okay, ready, midi-chlorians. This, 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 <laughs> this is a massive sticking point.
point. Metachlorians uh, do not exist. Yeah. J- I, they do exist. JJ, I believe no, JJ has said. said. Who cares what okay. JJ says? Okay. The creator of Star Wars made it, and it's canon. Yes, JJ no, no, can say. The reason, the reason that the midichlorians are not in the Force Awakens is not because he thinks they're stupid. It's just because no one has been alive that even knows the term for wait, over. Wait. I think I think JJ Abrams has excluded the midichlorians for that reason. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> they're stupid. Yeah. I don't think so at all. I think okay. First of all, what is your biggest beef with the midichlorians? That Yoda me. didn't mention them in the Empire Strikes Back. If it was important. To know as a Jedi about your midichlorian count, the first thing Yoda would have done when Luke Skywalker crashed, yeah, and would have been like, "Mm, blood sample we must have for the midichlorian (laughs) count, yeah. That's exactly it. Okay, so the the midichlorians are not some something you have to have, and I think that's the whole point. Actually, they have stated that you have to have a high midichlorian count, or you cannot be a skilled Jedi. Which is why I don't accept that they're quote unquote canon in a sense. It's because it's because. They they represent. In fact, Brian Young talked about this, and he talked about how they're a symbol of the nature, the dogmatic nature of the Jedi in exactly. their fallen state, which is why I okay, hate so midichlorians. Okay, no, but okay, that's the okay, whole so, point. So midichlorians the are point. the are, are is an artifact of apostate fallen Jediness. Is that no? Is that what actually, I'm so no, the, the midichlorians actually were introduced through Darth Plagueis, actually a Sith. Well, is that canon or legend? That is canon. Okay, the, so Darth Pelagius, the, Darth, the, the Darth Pelagius <laughs> book is actually canon. <laughs> is okay, he, okay, okay. Wait a minute, huh? we got to take a break and look this yes. up. Yeah, <laughs> look this up. So that's the whole point, though. And I think that's one thing that people have a problem seeing is because with the original trilogy, it's so, it's so black and white. Sith are bad, Jedi are good. In the prequels, though, that really isn't the case, but people keep trying to view it. And so instead but, they just view it as poor writing. When in reality, I think the fact that the midichlorians are there is like... Brian Young said, like, it's to show but, that but the Jedi... That, but does that mean that just because it's got death doesn't mean it's necessarily good, does it? Well, the whole point, I think, is that the Jedi... Because, I mean, basically, to say you have high midi-clearing count is the exact same thing as saying the Force is strong with you. Jedi can yeah. sense that. No, no, no. no. Well, well Jedi, there's something less no. spiritual about it. There's something yeah. less yes. Jedi, the whole idea that's of the, the whole Force point. is you can't measure the Force, and so the idea that you can measure that's how much the point. Force power you have... So the Jedi, I mean, if you believed in the Force and believed in yourself, you could. I could look at Tom here and be like, I sense it. The Force is strong with you. But they are not so trusting in the Force anymore. They are falling away. They are Now they're they're like, oh, well, we have to explain this away but, through science. But if that was the original plan of the prequels, don't you think he would have tried to make that a core message of the prequels? Which he did through several things. There are so many moments well, where you can just see how the Jedi okay. are. Okay, okay, that 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 might be true, but but to me it sounds like the the the, the midichlorian stuff does sound like when when people try to, you know. Explain it away, things like that. You know, no offense, no offense to any any prequel lovers or or midi chlorian encounters out there. <laughs> we need a wall in between um, us two. Right now. We're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna wrap this it, up fast. Is it, is it, 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 it sounds like someone is trying to make up for a mistake George made. I think I don't think he thought about it. I think he's like, I need a, I need a storytelling device so I can get Qui Gon through this scene. Yeah. And I think I, I I just don't think he's midi chlorians have actually were he he came up with those before when he was oh, coming really? up with the original trilogy oh. those well, have always been included. But then this traces back to the argument of is it better to have one man direct write and produce a film or is it better to have ten people? 
because then the other nine people. It was his story. It is his story. This this universe is so huge and vast. I think it's better when you bring in Mm -hmm. 10, 15 different people with different perspectives and and life experiences to fill this universe with different experiences and and stuff like that that they've learned. Because when you put it all in one person, you're looking at that person's perspective. You're looking at that person's experiences. And it's not vast enough to grab everybody. No, and that's why when you said that you feel like George Lucas has made the midichlorians to kind of make up for a mistake, I, I can completely believe that. I think that he wasn't really planning on making the movies, and I think he got a little over his head and realized he had to explain why this boy was special. And he was like, oh, uh, you know what? Hey, let's do this. And that's how we got and, and in, in that defense, in the defense of the prequels, the new trilogy, even the original trilogy, I think that we have to come to the conclusion that film is a relatively new art form. It hasn't been around as, as long as almost any other art form. And, you know, in that, it's, film is not meant for just one person's, you know, interpretation. It's meant for many different people's interpretation. And it, I think Star Wars came around, you know, 1977. Film has been around, what, like 70 years or so, a little bit more than that. And it, Star Wars was truly the first time we've ever seen anything like it. And for that reason, it holds a very special, you know, stamp on time that nothing, I don't think anything ever is going to be as impactful as Star Wars was. And that's because it was new. It was different. It was at the peak of, of you know, the cinematic that's progression. Okay, so sorry to cut you off, Jared. So we got to end the show. We got we to wrap up the show. We all love Star Wars. That's the point. That's why it's so exciting. We all talk about all. it. It's great. However, I think Star we're going to have to make a part two. Ooh, I'm totally down to make a part two. All right. Cool. So with that said, uh, check out show next week. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. I said that right. Uh, check out our YouTube channels and check out DungeonCallersRadio.com. There's tons of stuff going out there. There's book reviews. There's all sorts of stuff. And uh, we will catch you next week. All right. Dead. Have a good one. And Jared's probably going to see you. Christensen is better. Deadpool. Than Deadpool. Oh. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs>